Cover two. Welcome, everybody, to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. Like always, I'm with my man, Hooman. How's it going today, Hooman? Will, I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to going over some breakouts on today's show. Uh, really excited about the fact that we have a little bit of a social media presence started here. Uh, we would love, if you guys are fans of the show, if you're following us on the show or on Apple or Spotify, follow us on Instagram. We're at Cover 2 Fantasy Football. That's Cover to the Number Fantasy Football. Uh, we love for you guys to get in there, follow us on there. Uh, we'll put some updates on there. We'll put some polls. And we would even love for you guys to DM us any questions that you may have about fantasy football, your team, the upcoming season. Uh, any questions you might have, I think we're going to start incorporating a new segment on the show where we start reading some listener questions and answering them on the show. And that's right. We are, we are so close to the beginning of the season. You know, their drafts are coming the next two months. And we really want to make sure to get you some great information. So today, we're going to be talking about some guys that are underrated, that their ADP is, is very low to what their status is. Yeah, or we could even consider this like a breakout session here where, we, or I'm sorry, where we have breakout players. Uh, players whose ADPs are lower than we think where they will eventually end up being, which, yes, it gives us value, but it's that player also having a breakout season that could benefit you in fantasy. Definitely. So let's get it started. Okay. Uh, first guy I'm going to go with on my list is Joe Mixon. I know this is going to bring <laughs> – there might have been a lot of people that just let out a, a moan or grunted or something like that because Joe Mixon has hurt fantasy players in the past. Uh, one of the things that I, I get is that Joe Mixon has had injury trouble. Uh, he has come off the field on third downs in the past. Uh, the big thing this year is that he no longer has a Giovanni Bernard problem in Cincinnati. Uh, we did have the Bengals bring in Jamar Chase, added an extra weapon to that offense. And, you know, they did draft a couple linemen, offensive linemen there to give a little bit of help. I'm not sure if those rookies are going to make a huge impact because they were mid-round, late-round picks. Uh, but we're kind of hoping to see a progression in the Bengals' offensive line. I know Cincinnati is, and I know especially Joe Burrow is. And I think this is really going to benefit Joe Mixon. I think Mixon's going to really help acclimate Joe Burrow back into the game because he is going to be coming right back in. Uh, injury reports seem to trend towards where Burrow will be available week one. But... I think recovering from that catastrophic of an injury, he's going to need to rely on the running game and then also on third down or even on any down, really those in the short passing game, which is an extension of the running game in a PPR league. And that's where Joe Mixon's going to come into play. And I think Joe Mixon's going to be heavily involved. He's going to have tons of volume this year. And I think, you know, he's being drafted. His ADP right now is mid-second round. Uh, where if you end up having to take in the late first round, early second round, I think he might be worth it in those positions still. So he's a player I think is going to have a breakout this year compared to how he has been in the past. And very true. And, and as you said, you know, people might be a little scared off after last season, but his product of first couple of years showed that he is a top back. And as you said, Joe, Bur Joe Burrell will be back. My number one quarterback, like always, and I feel like uh, they're going to have a great year. Okay, so who do you got on your list first? So I'm looking at um, Mike Davis. Now, Mike Davis is now the lead back over there in Atlanta. Uh, he is, you know, 
going to be the three down back. If you saw him in Carolina, he helped you know Christian McCaffrey when he went down as far as he took over that role. And it didn't feel, obviously, Christian McCaffrey star. But it didn't feel like they lost too much of a step when it came to his ability to play the entire field. And with his ADP being at 5.07, you know, you can get him and wait on him and maybe be your your third back. Maybe you get a bunch of receivers early on, early on those top-notch receivers, and you wait and get him as your second back. You're still, you know, it's all gravy because he was a top-20 back with CMC Hurt last season. So I think Mike Davis is set for a breakout season where they don't have, you know, uh, Gurley, they don't have Eso Smith, they are about to go hard, heavy with uh, Mike Davis. Yeah, and I think uh, even with the departure of Julio Jones and them acquiring Kyle Pitts, I don't think that's really going to affect the running game too much. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to be what they've always been. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to still be a pass-heavy offense. But now the thing is, I think, Mike Davis can get a little bit more involved in that passing game than what we saw last year from Gurley. Gurley was involved in it a little bit, but he he was so limited what he could do in the passing game last year. I think Mike Davis gives them that extra dimension to where, yeah, you could be getting a starting running back that gives you, you know, could be like what you call a set it and forget it guy in the fifth round. That'd be fantastic. So who you got at your number two? I've been talking about this guy all off season. I'm going to continue talking about him this today uh, because this is a position where there is such a high premium placed on one to three players. And if you don't get one of those three players, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot from there. And the person I'm talking about is TJ Hawkinson. I've got him as my number four tight end, which it's kind of, you know, seems a little awkward to be naming the number four guy on my list as a breakout player. But Hawkinson was not drafted this highly in the past. Um, he currently is sitting with an early sixth round ADP where I would maybe even take the gamble on him in the fifth round. If I was able to address some of the needs that I needed uh, within the first four rounds and I'm sitting with the late uh, fifth or mid fifth and I really want to go ahead and take care of that tight end position, I think Hawkinson's going to pay off in dividends this year. He's the only receiver really in Detroit. Yeah, they did pick up a couple guys with Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, but you know, we know that that Goff coming in there has a comfort level with tight ends. He used Higby, he used Gerald Everett quite often when, especially outside the scope of what Sean McVay had planned in L.A., I think that's going to translate over in Detroit. I think Hawkinson's going to end up forming that safety blanket relationship with Jared Goff to where he is going to become a high-volume tight end, and they're going to be playing from behind. We don't expect the Detroit Lions to be winning very many games. Sorry to my good friend Ari out there that is a big Detroit Lions fan, but we don't expect them to win very many games. So that means the game script, they're going to be in a negative game script most of the season, which means they're going to be pass heavy this season where, okay, Hawkinson could be a plug and play, set it and forget it type of tight end that you could get in the fifth round, definitely in the sixth round, sixth round, in my opinion. And, you know, if you, you think about it, as you said, you know, there are the top three, we all know. And if you can get the fourth best guy week after week, you are now, you know, but definitely, unless you face those three, you have a high advantage because the other eight teams in your league or the other six teams in your league, um, they don't have a guy that is, like you said, almost a set it and forget it, set it and forget it type of dude. 
Yeah, that's something I've talked about in the past before, especially at tight end, where you can gain a distinct positional advantage. And that's what I like to call it, a positional advantage every single week. Unless you're playing against a Kelsey, a Waller, or a Kittle, where you're going to have that distinct advantage, where you know you're going to win that matchup for the week, and you can kind of focus on the rest of the matchups going forward. So, Will, who do you have in your second spot? So I'm going to to New York, and he's a new guy there, and that would be Corey Davis. Corey Davis uh, is the number one receiver for the Jets, and right now his ADP is in the ninth round. Um, and to get a number one in the ninth round is huge. I understand it's the Jets. I understand there's a lot of question marks now with Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback, rookie quarterback, all those things. But let's just go back. Their defense is pretty good. I still think they're going to lose a lot of games. and They're going to need to throw the ball. And Corey Davis, when A.J. Brown was out last year for the Titans, was a top 30 wide receiver. Now, when he came back, obviously his role diminished. But it when they got into the game plan, they would throw it and he would catch it. I think that he's going to have a great year working with this new quarterback. And being the number one uh, over there is going to be huge. Um, you know, is it going to be a, a team that's going to win a lot of games? No, so that's why I actually push him a little higher because they will have to throw. Yeah, and that's one of the concerns with Corey Davis where, you know, we just talked about the Detroit Lions and being in a negative game script most of the season where we can we can speculate that the Jets will probably be in the same type of situation. However, we did see towards the end of the year the Jets made a little bit of improvement where they weren't in such a negative game script. Uh they did bring in Davis. You know, they still got Denzel Mims, who they, they invested a high draft uh, pick in last year. They've got Crowder there, who we know is a pretty solid number three. I think it's just going to be a matter of who Zach Wilson really meshes with best. And that's the thing with Corey Davis. He was drafted to be a superstar in this league by the Titans. It just, you know, didn't pan out. He had some flashes of brilliance. And then other times it didn't work out so well. So could this be the spot? Could New York and Zach Wilson be the location that actually really helps him fulfill that p potential? It could be this year. Yeah, and with a, a running game that we're not so sure what's going to happen there. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Michael Carter possibly taking over in the first couple weeks. You know, maybe they'll rely on the pass a little bit more. So who is your last breakout player? My last guy is someone that was in a lot of – you know, dynasty leagues last year, even in redraft leagues, was the number one pick last year. And I think he soured a lot of owners because he was a rookie. He was in the most high-powered offense last year, and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Currently, right now, he's sitting with a, a mid-third-round ADP, and this is a guy that was going in first rounds last year. He was the first. He was, more often than not, the number one overall pick in dynasty leagues. So... To be able to draft someone in the third round, mid-third round, uh, who a lot of people may let slide even further because they're so concerned about the fact that he did not have a great season last year. And he didn't. But I think that's just more of a – we're going to kind of write that off to just the newness of a rookie. I, I think it took a little bit of time for him to get acclimated to the game, uh, to that offense specifically. You know, he had some issues here with Daryl Williams coming in to spell him. Then they went and – got picked up Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think that might have damaged his psyche a little bit. We, he doesn't have those concerns this year. He is going to be the lead back on the number one offense in the NFL. And that alone, and if he can stay healthy, he, he can get it together, and he can stay on the field for three downs, all three downs, 
he is going to be an extreme fantasy value if you can pick him up in the mid-third round. Uh, he was brought in from LSU to be a three-down back. He had the pass-catching experience. He was great between the tackles. Uh, it just didn't totally pan out for him last year. And I think he's going to make that jump through this offseason this year, going into this season, where you could get a high-volume starting running back in the mid-third round. And, and let's, you know, let's make this happen in a way that obviously last year wasn't a great year, but he still uh, put up points. It wasn't like he was, you know, useless. But like you said, um, some of those points were due to being in the number one offense. So if you're going to get, you know, this, the floor is still very high for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and the, one of the things I really love about him is, aside from the fact that he is on the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey all the superstars conversely speaking to how I just spoke on the lions and the Falcons being in a negative game script, we can foresee that the Kansas city chiefs will be in a positive game script where they're ahead in the games. And you know, when you're ahead in games, what are you going to do? Yeah. Typically we don't see that the chiefs have really killed off a game by running it, but I think we're going to tend to start seeing that more. I think we'll see Edwards Alaire in to close out the games running the ball, getting more volume late in the games. Whenever, you know, other teams are playing from behind, they're going to be sitting on the lead. So that's where I think Edwards Alaire is going to give you a little bit of added volume. Okay, Will, so who do you have third on your list? So for me, I've got uh, Nelson Aguilar. You know, the Patriots, you know, went and picked him up. He had a, a tough year last year for the Raiders. Um, you know, was a, a Philadelphia uh, great great player for Philadelphia and, you know, took that chance to get a contract. This year, or last year, it wasn't as great, but he's the number one threat on this offense as far as a team that has really no true deep threat. I mean, they've got the tight ends. We all know their tight ends are really good, and they might throw the ball underneath, especially if Cam's the quarterback. But if they go to Mac Jones, Mac Jones last year was the number one quarterback in throwing accuracy, pass touchdowns, pass completions, especially the deep ball. And there's not been a guy since, well, other than Joe Burrow last year, um, but there hasn't been a guy since him and Steve Young. So if Mac Jones does start, I see Nelson Aguilar's start go way up and being at an ADP in the 11th round. That's right. Basically, the number one receiver in that offense, the 11th round. I do think that he is a steal in these upcoming drafts. Yeah, and a lot of the news reports coming out now have had that Nikhil Harry's been asking for a trade out of New England. So that only helps your case even more because if with if Harry gets out of there, then you know it is a pretty clear path for Aguilar to be the number one pass catcher in that offense. And like you said, it does come with a caveat whether it's going to be Cam or if it's going to be Mac. And which one is going to really be the guy to carry that offense. And I think you're more so right. I think we will eventually see Mac Jones at least, I think at latest by the fifth or sixth week in there. I mean, unless Cam just has an insane year this year and really has a bounce back, then I think your, your analysis might be spot on. So, you know, with this year, it's going to be very important that you go and find those guys. We don't call them more lottery tickets, but those guys that, you know, are – a top player in their team that some people are, are looking at some other little fancy ones that they think are going to have a great year. And we're going to talk about some of those fancy ones that we think that you mean might want to stay away in the next episode. 
Yeah, and while we're while we're talking about lottery tickets, um, one of the things I want to talk about when we're talking here about breakout players or players that we think can bring great value, it's those late round picks, like in the eleventh or twelfth round, uh, where you can be taking a flyer on a guy where, hey, could this guy possibly have a breakout season? Let's get him. Let's draft him here in the twelfth round. Hold him for the first week, first two weeks. See how they're incorporated in the offense. If you know you see that they're being incorporated and used heavily, great. You didn't have to invest any waiver wire uh, priority or any free agent acquisition budget, your fab money to get them. You already had them. Uh, if they don't pan out, then you know what? You go ahead and drop them and then get in line for that that new hotness in those first couple of weeks. And a guy that I think that could be worth one of those late twelfth round, eleventh round flyers is Gabe Davis uh, with Buffalo. He, he started to shine towards the second half of the year. Uh, and yeah, we know that Stefan Diggs is there, uh, but we know John Brown isn't there. So we know that Gabe Davis ha- is going to absorb some volume there. And he could be one of those guys where his ADP right now is he, he's not even being drafted. Uh, some ADPs have him at, as the mid 13th, where if you don't even have 13 rounds, you may be able to take the flyer on him in the 12th round. Do you have any guys like that, Will? Yeah, for me, you know, it's a guy that was, you know, on a new team this year, and that's Jamal Williams, you know, coming from the Packers where he stole a bunch of touchdowns um, last season. And now he's going to a team where Swift is the guy. That's what everyone's saying. But he had a, 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 te- a crazy rookie year. I think that all started with that missed touchdown catch he had last season. Um, I think that. Jamal Williams is going to make himself available in that offense, and you know it's possible if Swift slips up, Jamal Williams might be the number one back there. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, Jamal Williams going in there, and like we said, yeah, Swift was a rookie last year, but we know Jamal Williams is a proven third down back, and like what we talked about, negative game script, Detroit Lions, if they're having to play from behind, we know they'll go to their pass-catching specialist, and that could be Jamal Williams in that instance. And so you can reach us on Instagram, like we said earlier, at Cover 2 Fantasy Football. That's Cover, C-O-V-E-R, to the number, Fantasy Football. Uh, get on there, you know, subscribe to our Instagram page, check for updates on there, and go ahead and DM us any questions you may have that you want us to read on the show and answer and help you with some of your fantasy situations, questions, advice, anything. And like always, make sure to use Apple Podcasts, of course, Google Play, and Spotify, and you'll see us on YouTube as well. But like always, cover two. Cover two.